Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. Several days before Thursday, Thursday in the last week of the life of ministry of Jesus, Jesus told his apostles to go and prepare for the Passover meal. The apostles went and they prepared and secured a large upper room that was probably the room of Mary, the mother of John Mark. In John 13, it says, Now, the before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the uttermost. Jesus was going to eat the Passover meal with his apostles. Thursday afternoon, I don't know the time, But somewhere around Thursday afternoon, as it was getting late in the afternoon, Jesus was on the way with his apostles to that large upper room. And here's the way it was. Jesus was out front. Three of the apostles were directly behind Jesus. And then there were nine other apostles. And the three disciples or apostles that were immediately behind Jesus began to talk. The impetuosity of Simon Peter was the first one to speak. He said, look, we're, we're getting ready to go eat the Passover meal. And I know the kingdom is about to come. And I want you two to know that I'm going to be the top person in the kingdom. John was called son of thunder and he became angry at Peter. He said, why no, you're not going to be the top person in the kingdom. I'm going to be the prime minister in the kingdom of God. And then James, with his soft demeanor, demeanor, with his soft voice, said, Both of you are wrong. I am going to be the top person in the kingdom. I think that Jesus has indicated on several occasions implicitly that I'm going to be the top person in the kingdom. And on and on they argued among the three about who was going to be the greatest. There was a problem. Jesus heard what they were talking about. He heard what they were talking about and it grieved him greatly because of the fact that all throughout his ministry, he was trying to teach 
those apostles about servant leadership. He was trying to teach them how to minister to the needs of other people. And here it was. After three years, they hadn't got it yet. What is Jesus going to do? Supper being ended, the devil already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. And Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he was come uh, from God and was going to God, he rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he had girded. Jesus Christ said, if they didn't understand my ministry, I've got to give them something visual in this last moment, in this last teaching moment. I've got to give them the realization that they are to be servant leaderships, leaders. So it says that Jesus girded himself with a towel. It's interesting, isn't it? Oh, well, the basin of water was there. Somebody had prepared for the basin of water. Somebody had put the towel there. And every one of those apostles that passed by saw the basin of water. And they saw the towel at but. They look at at the corner of their eye and they said, "Uh, you know, if I do that, uh, you know, I'm not going to be looked as big in the kingdom of God. And say, well, they walked on by. One disciple even said within himself, I'll be hanged if if I take up that towel and base of water and wash those feet. So Jesus, really wanting to give a microcosm of his ministry, girded himself with a towel and began to wash those feet of those disciples. The role that was to play of the household servant, Jesus played the role of a servant. This parabolic action of Jesus gives us one of the greatest pictures of the personhood of Jesus that we ever see in the New Testament. There's a snapshot that John gives us about the unique personhood of Jesus. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hand, and that He'd come from God and was going to God. Here is... An interesting statement that John puts before Jesus picking up the towel and and going over to wash their feet. He he inserts the fact of who Jesus is. He, He is the one that came from heaven and He is the one that came to earth. He is the incarnate Son of God. He is the one that put the stars in space. He is the one that breathed in the nostrils the breath of life and human beings became a soul. But here it is, this Jesus. So unique. He knew He knew what His mission was. His mission was to come to this earth 
and to serve human needs. Mark says it so beautifully, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom. And so when we see Jesus Christ girding himself with a towel, there is never a greater picture of the selflessness of Jesus in all of the New Testament. He was not, not looking out after his own interest. He was looking out at the interest of teaching those disciples to be servants. Paul had it something like this. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Though being in the form of God, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death of the cross. But God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is the Christ. Sometimes I let my imagination go a little bit too far. My wife cautions me occasionally, said, No, you know, get, stay, with the, stay with the text. But, you know, I, I've, I've just thought about the imagi- in my imagination about what Jesus must have felt when he saw that not a single apostle was willing to take the towel and wash the feet and play the role of a servant. I'd have fired them. <laughs> You're through. I'm going to go out and get 12 more. You, you know, if I'd have had... Well, this is... This, this is I, don't, I don't want this to sound the way it's going to sound. Well, how's it going to sound if I'm not going to... You know, well... I I don't think Jesus Christ was going to use his authority. You know, he had the authority. He had the authority to tell anybody to go and wash the disciples' feet. But no, he didn't use that authority. He did it himself. I taught a course at the New Orleans Seminary entitled Preaching on the Life and Ministry of Jesus Christ. One year, the dean called me and said, there's a group of Japanese students that would like to sit in your class on the life and ministry of Christ for three days, and would it be all right? I said, yes, sure it would be. All of them were females. I I like the Japanese culture. I I love the Japanese people. They're so quiet and so polite, you know. You know know what I'm talking about. And those, those young ladies... They didn't take the front seat. They took the back seat. And I told them, I said, you know, you can come and sit up front. Oh, no, no, we'll sit right here. And so they were in my class for three days. And I talked of various aspects of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And then we had a banquet for uh, the Japanese students that were visiting our campus. And and I had the opportunity to, to ask these young ladies who were in my class... What is your favorite picture of Jesus? 
<laughs> I, I would have expected, you know, walking on the water. That's a good picture, isn't it? Or telling Lazarus at the tomb, Lazarus, come forth. That's a good picture. But one of the Japanese ladies said, my favorite picture of Jesus is when he got on his knees and washed the disciples' feet. And the other three agreed. That's our favorite picture of Jesus. We need to get that picture within our mind because the servant that Jesus is, we are to be. And so this parabolic action gives us a beautiful revelation of the Savior. But this parabolic action gives us also an examination of the disciples. Verse 6 of chapter 13, And then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus said to him, What I'm doing now, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, If I do not wash your feet, you have no part with me. What Jesus was saying to Simon Peter, he said, If you're not willing to play the role of a servant, you are not with me. You are not one of the disciples. Simon Peter, I, I read, this is one of my favorite lines of Simon Peter, and he said, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. I really want to get in this discipleship servanthood business. You remember how I started the sermon? Well, a lot of people don't. I started this sermon by telling you that three disciples were arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. You you remember that now, don't you? Jesus was warning by this simple parabolic action to show them that you don't serve Jesus for what you can get out of it. You serve Jesus because He's Jesus. And the greatest example of that I know of, of all places is in the book of Job. And, uh, you, you know, one day uh, Satan said to God, he said, you know that servant Job you've got? He said, yeah. He said, you know all that land and all that cattle and all those children he has? Yeah. Well, if you take any of that away, he'll quit serving you. Because what Job is doing is he's serving you for what he can get out of it. And in the great permissive will of God, God allowed everything around Job to be taken away. He let his servants be taken away. He let his crops be destroyed. He let his cattle be destroyed. And even Job was struck with sores. And Satan said, Ah... He'll quit serving you now, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who is that I see on the third pew 
of the Sabbath school, it's none other than Job. He's still serving God. And, and you see, Job, the story of Job is showing us that we, we don't serve God for what we can get out of it to be top dog in the kingdom or to have some place of position. We serve God in order to do God's will. And that will is to be servants to other people. Jesus said to him, to Peter, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you're clean, but not all of you. Now that's a great text. You're going to have to excuse me just a minute. I'm going to use two Greek words. Okay? There are two Greek words in the New Testament for, uh, for washing. Sometimes the English translations do not make this clear. Uh, the, the one word is, is the word uh, wash or bathe. It's the Greek word luo. In fact, it's the first Greek word that we teach uh, a beginning student in Greek. They have to know luo, luis, luai, luomen, luete, luusi. You know those words, don't you? Uh, you know that uh, conjugation. Uh, and uh, we, we teach all of that and it literally means to wash. It, it doesn't mean to, to just wash your hands. It means to wash, to saturate yourself, to get in the water, in the deep water. And uh, I want you to remember that. That's going to be on the test. <laughs> Luo. There's another word in the, in, the, in the New Testament that means wash, and it's the word nipto. You, you like that word? Students always like that word, nipto. And uh, what it means is, is that it means, it means to bathe just a part of your body. You know, you've washed your hands, at least I hope you have, several times today, haven't you? Well, you niptoed. Some of you took your bath on Saturday night, or maybe you took your shower this morning and you luoed. Or I hope you luoed. You saturated your whole body. And what Jesus is saying, Simon Peter, you have already been brought into the kingdom, but there are some things in your life that you need to clean up. And this is a present tense verb. And that means that there is constantly always something in our lives that we need to cleanse in order for us to be servants of Jesus Christ. Simon Peter said, For he knew who would betray him, therefore Jesus knew who would betray him, therefore said, You are not all clean. And when he had washed their feet and taken his garments, he sat down again and said, do you know what I've done to you? That's a great question, isn't it? Do you know we learn a lot by questions? Have you ever noticed that a lot of Jesus was always asking a question to answer a question? 
I remember I had a group in Israel several years ago, and uh, I asked our Jewish guide, I said, why are you Jews always answering a question with a question? And he said, why not? <laughs> now, Jesus said, do you know, do, do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say that well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. Oh, I could get in trouble here, couldn't I? See, uh, there are a lot of people that think that that's an ordinance that you should do. Primitive Baptists, you know, wash one another's feet. Uh, we had a crisis at Mississippi College when I was uh, on the faculty there. There was a student that sort of locked himself in his room and threw all of his furniture out the room. And uh, and uh, the, the security went there and, and he said, don't, don't come in, I'll hurt you. He said, well, what, what can you do? Could you, do you want to talk to anybody? He said, I, I want to talk to Harold Bryson. So, so they, they came and got me out of my office and they said, uh, there, there's a situation. Uh, and they told me his name and uh, they wanted me to go and talk to that student. And I knocked on the door and I said, this is Harold Bryson. He said, come in. Well, you know, I, I'd heard of school shootings and, you know, my imagination was running wild between the door and getting in the room. But I went in the room. There wasn't any place to sit. He said, sit down. Okay. So I sat on the, I sat, I sat on the floor. And so it was an unusual thing. Um, he sat there in silence for, I guess, an hour. And I sat there in silence for an hour. You know, it's hard to be silent for an hour. It really is, you know, especially you know, whether the guy's going to shoot you or not. <laughs> well, anyway, I sat there in silence. And then all of a sudden he said, I'm going to read the Bible to you. Well, he had had me for a Bible, so he went and got a little Gideon. I never will forget it. Man, everything was graphic in that room. He got a little green Gideon Bible. And he started reading in Matthew. And he read 14 chapters before he ever took a breath. He closed that Bible and said, I'm going to do something now. He went into the bathroom and came back with a cup of water and a towel. <laughs> he said, I'm going to wash your feet. I, you know, I, I don't believe in the third ordinance. No, no, I don't believe in the third ordinance. Don't do that. No, that's not what I said to him. I said, Stanley, that's fine. And so I took off my shoes and I took off my socks and I pulled up my pants leg and I let that boy wash my feet. He said, do you know why I did that to you? I said, I have no idea why you did that to me. He said, because you're the only one that acts as a servant. To me. The ending of that story is he was high on drugs. 
we were able to get him help. I begged them not to throw him out of the college. They didn't throw him out of the college. And he went to New Mexico for special treatment. So, end of story. But I never will forget. It's the only time in my life anybody's ever washed my feet. Well, is that what Jesus meant? Did, did Jesus mean that we ought to wash everybody's feet here? That's not what Jesus meant. He said, I, I, I want you to understand that washing feet is the symbol of serving other people, of helping other people. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say unto you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor he who is sent greater than he who sent me. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. It seems like to me that there's not any difference of what a deacon does and what a Christian does. And that is, we're all servants of Jesus Christ. And the greatest picture that you will ever, 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 ever give to a human being is when you serve their needs. Dawson Memorial Baptist Church in Birmingham asked me to come and uh, be their interim pastor for a while. And I went. I drove up every Saturday to Birmingham, stayed in a hotel in downtown Birmingham, and then drove across Red Mountain on the other side where Dawson Memorial Church is located. Had to get there early because we had three morning services. And... uh, so I, I'd get up early in the morning and I'd drive over the mountain and on top of that mountain there is a majestic statue, Red Mountain, and it's a statue of Vulcan, the Roman god of fire. Have you seen it? It's, it's, a, it's a statue to the, to the steel industry. And I was impressed with that statue and then... I began to notice something. There's a circular driveway at the bottom of the Red Mountain going into the city of Birmingham where there's a statue. Interesting statue of a man on his knees with his hand lifted up to heaven. I said, I wonder what that is. And so finally I, I stopped one day And I went over to that statue, and it was a statue of a Presbyterian minister in Birmingham. I believe it was the third Presbyterian church. Where the city of Birmingham recognized him. And uh, I asked people in the church uh, where I was interim about that, and they said, oh, that's Brother Brian of Birmingham. And he said, you know, the church was always giving him a coat and he'd see somebody, a cold homeless person on the streets of Birmingham and he would give them the coat. He said the church would pay him and he'd take his paycheck and, 
and go and feed people on the street and he'd go to homes uh, that couldn't pay their utility bills in the coldness of the winter. And said the city of Birmingham recognized him with this statue. And here's what it says. Not Dr. Alexander, Reverend Alexander Bryan. Thank you for bringing Christ to Birmingham. We are never more Christ-like than when we are serving other people. And that's what a deacon means. Diakonos literally means a table waiter. Do you know that? I'd like some more tea. Could, Could you bring me a dessert? And the table waiter is there to serve our needs. And the reason that you're deacons is to serve the needs of this community, this church, this world. Wait a minute. I made a mistake. Isn't that unbelievable? The reason you are here, the reason that you are a Christian, is not looking for a status of being number one in the kingdom but finding a place where people are in need and serving them. To a person going through a divorce, they don't need a lecture on whether it's right or wrong. They need somebody to care. A person that's going for a test, for a a biopsy on cancer, they don't need a lecture on cancer. They just need somebody to sit there and be with them. person that's going through a financial crisis, having a hard time feeding their family, and you make sure that they, they have some food on the table and clothing to wear. Because you see, the greatest picture of Jesus is on his knees, washing dirty feet. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, you sent us into the world not to do our ministry, but to do your ministry. And whatever you did, we are to do. And help us that revival can mean that we revive our hearts in serving the needs of other people. Father, if there are those here that's never trusted Jesus, help them to realize that this Christ who washed feet with his hands went to a cross and allowed them to be stretched between earth and sky and gave his life as a ransom 
so that we could have forgiveness, so that we could have redemption, so that we could be justified, and that we could be freely given the grace that comes from the cross. Pray that, Lord, that your Spirit will lead as you have led all throughout this day. In Jesus' name, amen.